On today's all-new episode of Family Chatters, Urkel becomes a master hibachi chef, and Carl babysits a talking parrot. Plus, later, we catch up with failed actor Esdrubal Cabrera to find out what he's been up to since his first appearance on the show. All that and more is coming up, so put down your Tamagotchi for a few minutes and listen already. Days go by The bigger love of the family Hello, everyone, and welcome to Family Chatters. I, once again, am your host, Chris McCarthy, and this is uh, Family Chatters, the only podcast in the world where you could hear about what's going on in the ninth season of Family Matters. We're going to tell you exactly what happened, so you can stop reading all your blogs and listening to all those other podcasts that claim to be doing that. This is the one. Anyways... (laughs) Uh, it's episode 11 of Fam Chat, which is officially, by the way, the halfway point. Wow. wow. We are halfway through the entire, thank you. Sorry, it's taken <laughs> six months. <laughs> it has not taken six months, but whatever. So if you're, you know, if someone is holding a gun to your head and forcing you to listen to every episode of this podcast, you are halfway there. <laughs> I, um, Only another six months left to go. Well, hopefully. We'll try to go a little <laughs> faster for you folks being held at gunpoint. Today, I have a couple of uh, very special guests with me. They are two people. And when I say people, I am referring to human beings. Um, <laughs> Homo sapiens, I believe, is the classification. Uh, if you need more info, I, I, I believe they yeah. evolved from... Homo erectus, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's enough. They're people. I think you get the point. Uh, but if you want to get even more specific, they are two female human beings. <laughs> the first two female podcasts, maybe ever. All right. Girl power. I don't think anyone has ever recorded a podcast. Well, I meant on your show. With but, two yeah. women. No, right. I'm being serious. <laughs> ever. Most ever podcasts. Yeah. Most okay. podcasts are just a bunch of dudes. That's, oh. that's true. Starting a movement. So I have two. Let's hope we don't suck. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's hope you do. No. no. That was a penis joke. But <laughs> it's okay for one of you. Um, well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, let me, let me, let me get to it. So uh, over here, uh, making her second appearance on the podcast. Her first appearance was on way back on episode two. Her name is Lauren Dab. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for joining us again. I should mention she has been sitting here. The entire time since episode two. <laughs> she just hasn't said anything. Uh, and then uh, the other woman who's here, you may recognize her voice. I don't know. You know her. You love her. If you're like me, you're legally bound to her in a covenant of marriage. Uh, it's my wife, Erica McCarthy. Oh, hi. It's good to be here in my own living room. It is. Isn't it weird that people like sign contracts to live with other people and be married to them? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> never mind then. Uh, so we're here talking about uh, Family Matters Season 9, Episode 11. Uh, and this is the first episode of Family Matters to air in the year 1998. Oh, wow. Whoa. This was January 8th. Oh, my God. 1998. January 8th, 1998. Yes. 1998. So what grade? 13. You would be 13 then? Okay. So I that was means- 11. Uh, here's a little trivia. What do you think the number one song in the United States was? Thong song. Thong oh, song? No, no, no. 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 You're too early. Achy, break your heart. 
No, you're oh. too late. <laughs> There's no way this show is that topical. We'll get no. To it, well, yeah, they mention spoiler alert. By the way, they mention achy breaky heart in this episode Ooh, of Family Matters. Alert. Yeah, so right. careful no, with that. Ninety-eight though. Um, so something boys been, to men. I'm going think, boys uh, to men. You're not going to get it. Okay, wait. We would have been in what grade? Sixth. Eighth. Se- seventh. A seventh. I don't know. And sang. Cupid. You know no, the song. Cupid. I is don't that even a song? know what song Cupid. What's Cupid? Can you sing that for us? No, I can't. Okay. Um, do you give up? I, well, yeah, I'm guessing boys to men. It was not boys to men. It was something about the way you look tonight <gasps> by Mr. Elton John. Really? 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 Oh. Who wants to? Oh. <laughs> who wants okay. to? Uh, that. Who oh, wants to hum a few bars for us? Hmm. I don't even know if I could. I was really busy listening to boys to men. Would you like me to embarrass Erica and sing it? Sure. And I can't explain. Ew. Oh my God. Ew, stop. So there's something about a way you look tonight. All right. I'm on board with the uh, marriage contract thing being strange. <laughs> you now. think it's bullshit, right? Yeah. Now I kind of want out. Now you do. Yeah. But that was, I mean, I sounded exactly like Elton John. It was just the now. worst thing like, I've oh, ever yeah. heard in my whole life. But, but you know the song stop. now. Don't yeah. lie. You know the song. Yeah. Okay. Take my no. breath away. <laughs> For all of the people right. out there, I just want to throw out that he would be doing this even if there were not microphones in front of us. I normally just walk around singing <laughs> that song, which I'm surprised you didn't recognize it when I said the name. Um, but anyways, we're going to talk about uh, and that that song was everywhere, by the way. I looked it up, obviously, and it was number one for 14 goddamn weeks. Oh that song. Casey Kasem. Are we going to talk about family matters? <laughs> Uh, and then before we get into the details of the episode, later on, I just got to tease this segment. Later on, we're going to be catching up with a, a former fam chat guest uh, as Drupal Cabrera, the failed actor. is uh, Yes, he's back to uh, fill us in on what he's been doing since his last appearance. And uh, apparently things have gone well for him. We'll find out. So this episode, uh, like I said, season nine, episode 11, episode 203 of the series it's called Grill of My Dreams. Oh, boy. Get it? Oh, wow. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> um, and I would just like to say before I read the synopsis that this is my least favorite episode was, so oh, far. The most racist for well, sure. Well, before we even get to the racism. Is it which racist is, if it's against Japanese people? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> that in and of itself is it's the most racist. racist thing I've heard in a very long time. Can you be racist against Japs? Is that even possible? I don't think so. It's not as racist. Well, because they're not people. So (laughs) you can't be racist against them. I'm quoting you. Do people in Japan listen to this show? Everyone. Oh, shit. The whole country of Japan? The entire nation. I would like to throw out there that um, I just made this connection right now as we were talking about um, Japanese people not being people, that today is actually the 50th, uh, 70th, 70th anniversary of Hiroshima today. I know because there were some crazy old ladies sitting on the street corner for 12 straight hours. Um, Really? Yeah. Thanks for um, bumming us all out. First, you say a racist comment, and then you just <laughs> Debbie Downer the Drop fuck out of Drop that us. bomb. Hey, wait. Oh. I got you. I got you. <laughs> In post, I can make it so that they laugh right after you say it. Oh, good. Okay. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> um, anyways, where was I? Oh, I was saying... Hiroshima. No, I wasn't going to talk about Hiroshima at all. 
racism. Uh, but we should explain that this episode is all about Japanese culture. But anyway, my point was that this was my least favorite episode of uh, easy <laughs> of family matters that we've watched. Um, because it, it was boring as fuck. It was, yes. Yeah, so, so terrible. It was not even bad in the sense that it was so over the top, fantastically bad. It was yeah. just bad. Like, it was just, like, it made me question not only why am I doing this podcast. Like, it made me question, like, why, what, why am I even wasting my time with this? On earth. Mm-hmm. And then it made me wonder <laughs> why even bother being, uh, you know, alive in the world. Why do people fucking even exist? <laughs> Why don't we all just c- commit mass suicide, all of us? <laughs> it seems to be the only thing, the only option. After if only we just had stuff. one gigantic thing, like some kind of giant bomb, <laughs> like an atom bomb or something, and we could just center it over our towns. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Um, Too soon? Oh, man. Yes. 70 years? Is 70 years is eno- has enough time passed that yeah, we can make out of I th- Well, I think 70 years is the cutoff. So on oh. the 70th anniversary... You can start making you Hiroshima can start jokes. making Hiroshima jokes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, okay. so have at it. <laughs> episode was perfect. It was perfect. Very yeah. timely. Yeah. It was. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, anyway, here's a synopsis. <laughs> In an effort to decrease his clumsiness, Steve Urkel gets a job at Tanaka Gardens, a Japanese restaurant, as a master... Teppanyaki chef. <laughs> and let me pause there for a moment because did you know that teppanyaki is what you've been calling hibachi all of your life? No. Yes. They call it teppanyaki this whole time. They didn't even say the word hibachi in this episode. I but it's a teppanyaki? Yeah. That's the that is what hibachi restaurants are. In hibachi, real life or just in this no. TV show. <laughs> Real life. My oh, racism okay. just made me hear the word hibachi. So I didn't hear them say anything but hibachi. Okay, let's test this out. Teppanyaki. Hibachi. Oh my God. <laughs> you really can't hear the difference. Um, so tomorrow if I want hibachi for lunch, I should say I want tapanyaki. Teppanyaki. Teppanyaki. Yes. Okay. Do it and tell them Steve Urkel sent you. Okay. <laughs> you get it. Half price. Asian bistro. Uh, so uh, yeah, so Steve becomes a master teppanyaki chef. <laughs> Speaking of racism. <laughs> Meanwhile, are we allowed to be this racist? Um, who's going to stop us? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> well, Jesus might stop us, but he hasn't yet. So I'm going to keep okay. rolling with it cool. until he comes in here and tells me to stop. Okay. Meanwhile, Commissioner Geis is away on a second honeymoon and Carl must watch his pet parrot, Andre. So that's what happens here. And let's start talking about it. Let's get right into it, guys. <laughs> Cut to the teppanyaki storyline, which is that Steve, uh, it starts in a Japanese restaurant called Tanaka Gardens. Hibachi Gardens. Hibachi Gardens okay. restaurant. Uh, Steve and Myra come in in full Japanese garb. The most like, racist I've this, ever seen. No, they well, came in compared- in full kimonos. Like full kimonos. They had their hands like in front of their chest, like a little Japanese geisha. They were walking on their tiptoes, yeah. both of them like geishas, and they were speaking in Japanese. Right. To the still, hostess. It was still not so quite racist. as racist as, as you tonight. But <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. But uh so they come in, they're they're slightly being insensitive towards Japanese culture. Yep. They go to their hibachi table or teppanyaki table, and uh and guess who comes out to greet them? Pat Morita, of course, Mr. Miyagi. Because he's the only Japanese person from the 90s. So he comes out and uh, and greets them. And it, 
that is standard in every restaurant that I've ever been to. Right. The owner comes out and welcomes you. Yeah. Um, and then they, he says, oh, look, look at our teppanyaki chef. And then that, the chef puts on the little hibachi show. For half the episode. It was, yeah. they filled 15 minutes of this episode with a full hibachi dinner. Yes. Right. So if you've right. ever, if anyone at home has never been to a hibachi restaurant. You should eat it. It's awesome. It is delicious. <laughs> uh, but they do a little show and they spin the, the knives and then mm. they make flip the egg roll the and they make the egg roll. They chop Throw it. the shrimp in your mouth. They, they do. didn't do that in this episode. They didn't, but they did show the chef performing his hibachi you, thing for like they five did. Put the minutes. onion rings and then you put the fire in the middle oh, of it. And then the rings. little the guy yeah, pees you like, on it. Yeah, you cut the onion <laughs> and then you make it into a volcano <laughs> and yeah. then you pour the fire like, liquid inside. I would like to know about, about <laughs> Lauren's... Wait, Thank wait. you. I would like to know about your experience at hibachi where somebody <laughs> takes onion rings and pees on them, you said, in front of you? I know yeah. exactly. He goes, wee-oo, wee-oo. And then he, pee- he squeezed the little guy and he pees. On the onion rings to put so the fire saying, out. Oh, he squeezed the little guy. So a midget comes out <laughs> and stands on the table and the hibachi chef squeezes him. Have you him. ever eaten hibachi? Of course and that's what pees, happens. He pees on your food. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. How else would it get sauce on it? Well, I haven't had... I haven't, <laughs> you might be thinking... <laughs> You're probably thinking of hibachi. I'm thinking of teppanyaki. Oh, oh that's, oh, that's right. That is the one yep. where they don't use any uh, human urine <laughs> to cook with. Midget urine. They don't use midget urine. Well, they might use full-size human urine, Yeah, but not midget urine. At least they do it's it in true. the back, though. They don't do it right in front of you at the table. Yeah, that's just an insult. <laughs> do it right in front. Do it in the back and then serve it to me. I'm fine with that. But um, so he does a little show and Steve Urkel is so impressed by this. He stands up and he applauds and he's like, I, I need shit. to I need to do this. I need to do this with my life. So he approaches uh, Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. His name is Tanaka on the show, but let's just call oh, him Miyagi. Right. Hibachi. His name is Mr. Mm-hmm. Hibachi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Mr. Robato, was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, I Como arigato. Como, oh, God. <laughs> That's not even racist. <laughs> no, it, it. well, first of all, that was slightly, that was Italian. Como is Italian. It's, Como. It's domo or gato. <laughs> gato is Spanish. Gato is cat in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> Como is Italian for something. I don't Como know. is also Spanish. Spanish. I eat the for cat. So yeah, Como not... el gato is I, I eat the cat. <laughs> I eat the cat. Oh boy! Now we're now we're getting into some other territory that's also racist. So you're you're thinking the Japanese people just all they just eat cats after they piss on your food? Honestly. <laughs> Are we going to have to cut this whole episode? <laughs> no, I'm leaving everything in. Every single piece of this. Okay. So he comes up to Mr. Miyagi. And he says, hey, domo arigato. My, hey. And, uh, and he says, no, he says, I want to be a, a, a chef here. And I'll work here for mm-hmm. free. And I'll for work free? here. And, and Mr. Miyagi's like, no, that's your ridiculous. Black. Well, one. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't say that, but. I, it might be implied. I think it was implied. It, it was not subtle. But then he goes, uh, he goes, well, I'll work for free. And he's like, all right, I'll take free labor anytime. Come on Monday and you could start training. Cut back to the restaurant again. And, uh, and he's there observing a chef, a master dressed chef. Like a ninja yeah. for dressed no like a ninja. Dressed like a ninja. And then uh, guess who comes in to eat? Laura and Maxine. Actually, they know they don't come in to eat. No, they, they come, come in, in to, to bring him a bring present him band-aids. that they, they don't yes. even. Oh, was it band aids? They come yeah. in to bring him band aids. And Maxine actually says, <laughs> in front of the entire restaurant, she goes, "These are band aids for your customers when you accidentally stab them." <laughs> How did I miss? 
is this? I you weren't paying attention, obviously. I was taking She's notes. writing. So uh, what were you taking notes on if you weren't <laughs> hearing what they were saying? I just kept writing that the other storyline sucked. Oh, right. So, uh, so she makes that comment that, you know, all the patrons are going to get stabbed mm-hmm. and uh and then mr miyagi comes over and says uh and says who steve who are your friends and steve says he pauses and he looks into laura's eyes and he says this is my very special friend laura lee winslow and also maxine no he doesn't even she has, no. to, introduce oh, she has to introduce he herself. just stares at her and i'm max yeah and then pat marita aka mr tanaka aka mr miyagi says well, hey, Mr. Roboto. He says, why don't you guys stay for dinner? It's on the house. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and Maxine, who's very rude in this scene, she goes, free dinner? Where do I sit? I'm going to get the lobster. <laughs> she says that. Um, which I think I weird. block out every line she says. It's, it's wise to do I that. I have a hard time absorbing it, apparently. Uh, so then they go sit down at a table and... And Miyagi says, uh, guess what? You have the very special honor of uh, being introduced to our new master chef tonight. Steve Urkel's like, who's the new master chef? Right. And, and Mr. Uh, Roboto's like, you. You are. Congratulations. And he goes, oh, I can't do that. I'm the clumsiest motherfucker that ever <laughs> lived. And he's like, no, you're not. Even though he's done a two-day apprenticeship. Right. So he calls him to the side and he's and like, he's you, master you, chef. you really shouldn't let me do this. And he's like, no, I have to. You know why? Because I could tell that you're in love with Laura. Mm-hmm. And every new chef must perform their first night in front of the woman they love. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. Wait, yeah. I wrote it down. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everyone must make their cooking debut in front of the woman your heart has chosen. That's oh, pretty wow. much what I said, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Like, it's a fucking, you're a, a hibachi chef. Right. Uh, so then it cuts to Urkel comes out dressed as a master chef. Everyone's happy about this. He said he announces. He says, uh, "I am going to make tsunami supreme." He says, <laughs> which is is I would think a little racist. racist. And half of so the things racist. that he says, he says in this like of like this affected Japanese accent, yes. Yes. which is really racist. Everyone's calling me racist just because I pointed out about Hiroshima, <laughs> but like this episode was really, really racist. So Steve puts on an absolutely spectacular show for these people now. He is not clumsy anymore. No. He's the greatest tapenaki chef that ever was. So Steve puts on this spectacular show. He cooks everyone's food. The entire restaurant comes to see it and they're like watching in awe and they're like, holy shit, I've never seen cooking like this before. I'd be really uh, pissed if I was any of the other hibachi chefs that have been working there their whole life right? for years and years. He comes in one day, he's covered in band-aids. The next day, the whole (laughs) restaurant's giving him a standing ovation for just making their fucking dinner. Yes, I know. (laughs) This woman on the end, this portly lady, (laughs) stands up and as she stands... She starts a fire somehow. She, a she knocked fire. over the grease or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that with her purse. And it, and the hibachi grill goes up in flames. And first of all, I feel like that would be a really easy fire to put out. Uh, like, well, first Steve, of all, that's like a, like, why did that happen so easily at the hibachi? Yeah. All you have to do is turn the heat off on the grill. Like, they make the fires on sitting the there. Yeah, it's true. But yeah. Right. But uh, so she starts a fire. 
He stands it's up. localized to one corner of one hibachi grill, but right. everybody freaks the fuck out and runs out like the whole place <laughs> yes. is like under siege. And then Steve Urkel <laughs> goes in the back and comes out not with a fire extinguisher, which would easily you know because it's a fucking this. restaurant because it's they a restaurant. They don't have a fire extinguisher. They don't have a fire extinguisher, but what they do have is a fire hose, a like actual a fire long, life fire, fire hose. hose. Yes, like a legit long, like he's he's rolling it out. And he turns it on. It's blast the shit out of the fire. But a then guest it, at the restaurant died. Yeah, someone died <laughs> right there and then there. He he blows this guy away with his fire hose, and uh, that guy dies on the spot. And then he destroys <laughs> like in real the restaurant life too. It's like in that movie, The Crow. Yes, oh. that's exactly what it was. This extra who's standing at the hibachi restaurant. They were supposed to put fake water in the hose and they accidentally put real water in the hose <laughs> and they killed him and they killed him that extra Dude. died at the end of the episode they dedicated it to him wow but no so steve destroys the entire restaurant and kills a few people literally knocks a wall over like yeah. i don't what with is the, the fire hose he can't turn it off it's chaos he finally gets to stop and uh and and mr uh, tanaka is there the guy i've been calling him every name Tanaka, a.k.a. Miyagi, Miyagi a.k.a. Mr. Roboto, a.k.a. Pat Morita. Right. Uh, he comes over and he's like, uh, so and, and Steve's like, oh, my God, you're so mad at me. He's like, no, I'm not mad at you. You saved my restaurant from a fire. So and that's basically that. But uh, oh, God, we got to talk about this fucking Carl. I don't even just freeze through it. It's fucking garbage. Okay, so what happens is uh, Carl sitting around Commissioner Geis, his boss comes to the house holding a parrot and he says, Carl, <laughs> Can you watch my parrot Andre for the next two weeks? Because I have no friends or family and I right. have no problem putting this on my employee. Like yeah. that doesn't happen in real life. Well, he treats him like shit. I think you're supposed to think, but, uh, but he goes, but then Can asks you him to pets it. Yeah. Well, that's he's dumping it on him. Like, oh, he like Carl, get my laundry. Yeah. Watch my yeah, yeah. Bird. Watch my bird. <laughs> get my laundry. <laughs> you know, the normal things that people do for each other. And, uh, and he, as soon as that happens, everybody figured out, Okay, he's going to leave the bird. The bird's going to repeat something that Carl says bad about the boss, and then he's going to have to try to train him not to say it. And then, it, so the bird keeps only says, uh, what the bird only Andre's says, Andre's a pretty bird. Yes, he goes, Andre's a pretty bird, blah, 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 blah. So he keeps repeating that over and over again. Finally, uh, they're eating pizza, the Winslows, mm-hmm. and uh, Carl goes, Well, maybe I'll give the bird a piece of pepperoni pizza. Walks up to him, the bird bites him. And he's like, oh, shit, fuck this bird. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, you know what? That commissioner Geist is a real idiot. And guess what the bird says after that? Geist is an idiot. (laughs) No, the bird says 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) (laughs) Which 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) Yep, 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) It was really bizarre. And I am really... Well, well, t- yes, it was too soon. 9-11 hadn't even happened <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> it was literally too soon. He no predicted one even 9-11. Yes, he this did. bird predicted 9-11. And you're going to tell me it's not an inside job? Um, that didn't actually happen. He says, <laughs> he said, that would have been so much better Could if you, you did say what happened. Oh, damn my it. God. Now I have to pretend like that. Like the, I have to tell you about what actually happened, which is not nearly as interesting. He says, guys is an idiot. He goes, guys is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Boring. It has nothing Boring. to do with nine eleven. No. Why should I be interested? Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. Bird. So he says, uh, "Guys is an idiot." And Carl's like, "Oh no! Don't say that. That's my boss." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we all sighed. But every, the audience, I'll tell you what they're doing this whole time. 
<laughs> yeah, it was maybe that was they, about what the laugh they, track sounded like. They were exactly unconvinced. Yeah, they were like, ha, ha, ha. so uh, so <laughs> that keeps happening. Geist comes back to pick up the bird at the end. Geist comes to the door and he answers it. And uh, the bird says, Geist is an idiot to Geist. And Carl's like, oh, no. shit. he's like, I'm sorry. I can explain. And I can't explain. Oh my God. You have to stop. You have to cut all of this out. No, this is I'm the worst. Hit. It's so <laughs> terrible when you sing in that voice. It's so terrible. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> he literally does this to me all the time. It's so <laughs> terrible. Uh, so Carl says, I can't explain, Mr. Guys, but there's something about the way you look tonight. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, no, he says, I can explain about this bird, though. And, and Guy says, don't, you don't have to explain. My wife taught the bird to say that. Mm-hmm. Which means that Commissioner Geis's wife refers to him by his last name. Even though she her. has the same uh, right. last name. Right. Be like if I was just like, that McCarthy's an asshole. Right, but you're like, talking um, about me. Yeah, not myself. <laughs> Which I think you've said before. I mean, Probably. you are an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the, the last thing that happens in the episode is the outro uh, little scene where uh, which is really where... You know, this all oh, comes right. together. Mm-hmm. Steve and Laura come in from the hibachi place that that same night. Laura says to Steve, uh, you know, I always thought you were clumsy, but, and she actually says this, and uh, you're going to think I planned this, <laughs> but I didn't. She says, there's something about the way you cooked tonight. Really? Shut up. Do you think? Was that on purpose? There's something th- about the way you cook tonight? <laughs> That's That's what what she was said. there an ED at the end of cooked? She said there's something about the way you cook tonight. I guess she said cooked. Oh, still. But (laughs) first of all, one, how is that not the Weird Al parody of the Elton John song? (laughs) Was it? It could have. It should have been. It could be right now. Weird Al. I mean, what's he doing? Something about the way you cook tonight. (laughs) Um, But she actually said that. And I had already planned to do the Elton John thing. Oh, I was going to say, because I had missed this. I was like, I didn't pick up on that. It was just happened to happen. But then I'm thinking... Maybe that was subconscious on the part of the writers because, like I said, it was the most popular. That song was number one for fourteen weeks. It didn't feel deliberate. They didn't like look at the camera and do that. Like, guys, remember that song? They didn't do that thing. She didn't go. "Um, I can't explain. (laughs) I can't believe you're going to put this on the internet for people to hear. The way you cook tonight. (laughs) I can't believe you want to put this on the internet. Take my bed away. (laughs) This is what he sings to you. Not necessarily this song, but he sings other things in this same voice, and it always hurts my spirit. It's terrible. Oh, I do that all the time. Would you like to sing a few bars? No. Oh. No. You want to sing Creed for us? No. Are you sure? Yeah. I know you're a big fan. You love singing Creed. No, I don't. You You don't love singing Creed? I don't want to do it. No. I have evidence to the contrary, but... uh, Well, right now, I have to get to uh, the very special guest. Not that you two aren't very special. I think I introduced (laughs) you that way, but this guy's even more special, I'd say. Um, He's my special guest. (laughs) Special? (laughs) How special is he? (laughs) He's so special that he's blanking right now. What does that mean? That's a match game reference, guys. Oh. Oh. What? What? He's... Success? Did you not blanking? Are we supposed to fill in the blank? Ever, no, yes. You ever oh. see Sex, get sexting? He's waiting. Sexting. He's, okay, so you say sexting. <laughs> Lauren, what's yours? He's so special that he's blanking right now. <laughs> blank equals like a swear word. So I thought you meant 
fucking. You could swear. I love show. blinking. Okay. Do you, have so you heard have... how many times I've dropped the F bomb on this Porsche? <laughs> I mean, I'm not worried about saying that word. That's for sure. Oh. Well, clearly you just said it with authority. So, uh, so we have, he's so special. He's sexting right now. And he's so special. He's fucking right now. Blinking like blankety blank. Fuckity fuck. Fuckity fuck. What? The match game, for those of you who don't know, that's how it works. We're like 50 years too late for the match game. <laughs> Maybe, but I, you don't what is know this, what password? it is. Password? <laughs> it's not password. It's the match. It was on at the same time as password. Celebrity thousand dollar pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Julia White's going to be on that. Um, so no. I watch uh, well, Game Show Network I, sometimes. Well, I have to pick a, an, an actual answer here, and there was a correct answer, and it was fuckity fuck. <laughs> so, Lauren... You win. Congratulations yes. to you. <laughs> Congrats. But no, I do have to get to this special guest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sexting and fuckity fuck as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I should cut to this very special guest right now. And let's do that. And let's uh, let's do the old uh, musical cut to. Okay. And I am here with a very special guest. He is a return guest, a fan favorite, some might say. Uh, he has been on the show before, and he's back to tell us what he's been doing since his uh, last appearance. He is the one, the only, Ezrubel Cabrera, the actor. Welcome. Chris, thank you so very much for having me back today mm-hmm. on the Family Chatters, because ever since I was almost the Urkel, there's been a lot of things in my life that have gone wrong. Yes, okay. and we've said so. If you did not hear last, uh, as Drupal's last appearance, he auditioned for Steve Urkel, uh, way back when, and it didn't go so well. And then he's auditioned for many other roles in, in various films and television of shows, of course. And uh, he didn't get any of them. Uh, the only thing he's ever acted in was a one eight hundred collect commercial in the Philippines. Uh, and and since then, he's just been trying to get on some kind of. Uh, some kind of TV show or film. So, but now since your last appearance, your phone's been ringing off the hook. Am I right? Chris, I tell you this from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate everything that you have done for me in this program and everybody that's involved. Um, this phone has been blowing up in ways I would never imagine. Um, many different opportunities have come my way. Um, the New York Film Academy, a very well established institution, in New York, um, off the hook, I'm auditioning for movies about uh, marijuana salespeople, uh, a prostitution ring, but a male prostitution ring. It's kind of like a magic mic, but a little bit different and a little bit edgier, might I add. Um, and these are all students, uh, young men and women, who they want to share the art. They want to share a vision. And as, as somebody who comes from the island of dreams, where that is our motto, it's on yes, our and, flag. And, and, and for those of you who, who did not tune in last time, you are from a, a small island off the coast of Turkey known as the island of dreams. Of course. That no one really has ever heard of. Uh, but so you're describing um, student films is what it sounds like at the new york film academy which is uh i'm assuming these are unpaid roles well i mean of course there is talk at times about deferment i mean i do get a meal and i do get credit and um and sometimes they you get uh, credit in the film or you get a credit at the uh, at the new york film academy 
Well, no, it, it's in the film, and um, okay. a lot of times... You're not enrolled in the school. No, no, Chris. Okay. I mean, the days of me directing, that's in the past. Uh, no. I can't. Have you have you gotten any calls from anyone outside of the New York Film Academy or, or, or student film? So you said you got you got auditions there, I assume, yes. for roles as a male prostitute and, right. and a marijuana salesperson, um, you know, have... Anything else coming down the pike? Did you get those roles, at least? Well, I think I'm waiting to hear back uh, the callback. See, you see, the idea is you have to get the audition, Chris. Because once you get the audition, then you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. Oh, so you're in it for money, power, women. I hate to tell you this, but as a student film actor, uh, you're not going to... I don't think you're going to get in any of those three. First of all, if you're in a student film and you are the star, you're getting pussy left and right, Christopher. Come on. I mean, think about all the pussy you get outside of your marriage because oh, of being the host of this show. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about that, but obviously... Well, let me tell you something right now. My, yes. my I did get an agent, finally. Oh, thank okay. God. Thank the heavens. Sure. And um, he let me in. He brought me in to read for a little program on the Disney Channel called Girl Next Door or The Girl. It was The Boy That Meets The Girl, a TGIF years ago, just like I read Wait for the original, Girl, mind you. Are you referring to Girl Meets World? That's it, Christopher. Have Which you seen is, it? I haven't, but it's a sequel, I guess, in, in some ways to Boy Meets World. Sure. And I read Which, for that, of course, yeah, for Corey. Of course. You, you auditioned for Corey of way course. back in the day. And you didn't get it. No. Um, but now you auditioned for Girl Meets what, what role? Um, it was somebody who walks into the classroom. In was the it middle. Corey again? No, no. This was okay. a janitor. This was a very, very oh. smart janitor. A man who's been there all along. Knew Corey. Knew the Penga back in the day. Uh, the Mr. Uh, the the, the teacher, Mr. Feeney, yes. who's passed on, of course. He's uh, gone. He's dead. I think he's, I think he's still alive, but please continue. And I walk into the classroom, and the girl's there, and she's about to smoke a marijuana cigarette. Okay? You know what that is, Chris? That's when they put the marijuana in the cigarette, and you smoke it, and you get high. Yes. I'm familiar. Okay. So, the girl and I say, wait a minute. You. You stop there. You don't smoke that. I knew your daddy, Curry, and I know Tabanga, and you don't do that here in this school. I didn't get it. You didn't get the role? No. Oh, it's too bad because that I think that was a pretty good reading of what you just did. There, I didn't realize there's an e- a pot episode. Well, of, of course, Girl Meets World. Yes. Wow, everything going on in Denver, Chris. You know, you can go there, you can get Papa John's pizza, and then you can get high yes. on marijuana. I mean, yes. it's a whole new world. See, Island of Dreams is marijuana is the biggest export. Of course, is marijuana legal there? Yes. Oh, what yes. about other drugs? Well, of course, you know, you could do a lot of different things. The Mali is uh, popular. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of different things, Chris, but this is what I'm telling you. See, now that my career has finally taken off, I could say some things that I wouldn't say normally. Now is out there. I feel free. You seem very free right now. I I'm have very to tell you happy that. about it. Mainly because you walked in here, you're almost completely nude. Well, of course. You're just wearing uh, very small, um, I would almost call them a Speedos. In uh, sneakers? Well, it's very hot in my country, so you need to have as little clothes on as possible. You want to be comfortable in these sneakers, of course, because it's very rocky on the Island of Dreams. So you auditioned a lot recently for some student films. Right. 
Yes. Uh, and it didn't work out yet. Well, you're well, waiting on callbacks. You know what I said? All these kids that are going up for these these other college kids, and you know, I'm 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 you know, I'm I'm my mid thirties right now, closer to right. forty, of yeah. course. And I said, these kids, you look about up, like you're fifty five. Well, you would know, say. It, it's been a tough life, Chris. You know, yeah. okay. There's not times where you know you don't go to the bottle or. You may be, you know, the white stuff back in the day. If you don't think... You're talking about cocaine. If you don't, of course, if you don't think the white stuff was at the table, the crafty table, the craft service table... You know, cocaine at craft services? Reginald Bell Johnson. Let me tell you something about Reginald Bell Johnson. Okay, let's hear it. At the crafty table, there was... Carl a, Winslow, for those of you at home. That's the, the actor who plays Carl Winslow. There was a going. bowl of peanut M&Ms. Yes. And right next to that bowl, the white stuff. Straight from Colombia. Are you sure it was cocaine and it wasn't a bowl of sugar? No, pure cocaine. Because pure cocaine. A fly it in Miller Boyette would fly in the finest, finest hee haw stuff. Can I ask you a question? Are you on cocaine right now? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I apologize, but you no, know, you don't have to apologize. Look, I'm uh, back, baby. His Tupul yeah. is back. Yeah, he's you're, back. He's back. I mean, you never were. You, I don't know. Back to what necessarily? Because you haven't, you haven't gotten a part. You've still never actually acted in anything. Wait a second. My commercials in the Philippines. The please. one, yes, okay. one hundred collect. Yes, the one commercial you did in the Philippines that was twenty five years ago. They started wearing it. Oh, do you get money for that again? Well, no, because they started. They made new ones and. It's a different actor, but uh, okay. You know, if so you think different. about it, it's it's kind of like they, you know. Yeah. No, not really. Um. So that's too bad. I. I. I mean, it's out. I. It was a very promising start. Of course. When you said that your phone has been blowing up. Well. You know, um. But it sounds like you know the Disney Channel. It looks like the Disney Channel knows about this Drupal. And you think about Boy Meets World and the new show and all these other things. I mean, look, you know, Lizzie McGuire is not that far removed from the Island of Dreams. Lizzie McGuire, the character? Uh, Hillary Duff is back on the market, my friend. And oh, okay. she's looking good, you know? <laughs> all right. You, know I mean? you, you want to get in touch with her? But uh, You're talking about you want to have sex with her, I no, assume. No, I just want to go down on Hillary Duff. <laughs> okay. So good. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'd say, hey, look, baby. You ever see the Ergo? That was almost me. You come to the island of the dreams. I will go down on you from day night to late night, and it would be lovely. <laughs> from day night to late night? Is that a saying there? Of course. I will go down on you from day <laughs> night from day night to late night. Of course. They melt. You have a, a, a lot more confidence, uh, I would say, this time speaking to you than you did uh, just a few weeks ago. You're um, a nobody in show business. Oh now God. I come back here. I, and you disrespect wow. me. I'm a I can do any show I want out there. And I come back to your little show. And I do it because wow. we talk about what we talk about. Do you realize how many callbacks I have for the New York Film Academy, Hofstra University? Oh. You think the Hofstra Filmmakers Club, you think that it's going to have a film festival this summer without Israel Bull in everything? First of all, I don't necessarily appreciate you um, big-timing me the way you just did, yes. saying I am nobody in show business. You're correct. I am nobody. But uh, I don't. it's not necessarily polite. You're a guest on my show in my home. Maybe you would have heard the expression, there's no business like show business like no business I know. <laughs> have you heard this one? I've heard that as uh, as a song. <laughs> Yes. Um, 
I want to thank you for being here again. Um, you know, I wish you luck. And uh, Chris, you think yeah. I need you to wish me luck after everything that I've been through? Everything I've done, I was almost the Urkel, and I need you. Oh, wow. I need some podcast. You know what's funny? Telling me <laughs> be- well, what the fuck? The fr- this began. This interview began with you thanking me profusely for having you on the show, and now you're acting like I am garbage and that you don't need me at all. That's a very quick 180 you pulled, me, sir. And me, I have to I have to warn you that the you know, even when you're at the top of your game, which you appear to believe you are right now, it could it could crumble fairly quickly. You might wanna you might wanna watch out, is all I'm saying, because you could one day need a bump again from a podcast, a lowly podcast like this. Do you have a bump of cocaine on you right now? No, not that kind of bump. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, as Drupal, thanks for being here, and I uh, hope to catch up with you again. Good luck with all your callbacks at the New York Film Academy and Hofstra University. Hey, Chris, guess what? What? You, you could kiss my butt. <laughs> okay? You okay. see this? Of course. Kiss my and now butt. He's mo- you're mooning me right now. <laughs> Take that. Yep. Now you're completely <laughs> naked, so okay. There's no business. All like right. Show thanks, as Drupal. Like no. All right. So that concludes, guys, episode 11. Of family chatters. So, uh, so the only thing I have left to do, and you all know what it is, is I need a catchphrase to say as we exit. I'm going to throw it to Lauren because I feel like I've done a million right. catchphrases. No. Yes, Lauren, you've never done a catchphrase. Como el gato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Como el gato, Mr. Roboto. Hey, bye.